0: 225-274-1607, or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word.
1: Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight that you're so awesome, that you're so incredible. And God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. Our hearts are open to receive. And God, we want to see greater things take place in our lives. We want you to be greater than you have ever been before in our lives. And that means, God, there's got to be less of us so there can be more of you. And God, we empty ourselves again tonight so we can receive your indwelling spirit and power upon our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I encourage you, take notes in church take notes in church. They say you're less likely to go to hell if you take notes in church. Again, I don't know if that's true, but I wouldn't put that to the test. So take notes in church. It's great. On Sunday, we began our journey of Greater 330. And we began with a statement that I want to begin with tonight because I want this to get into your spirit. God doesn't do greater things exclusively through great people. You've got to hear that. Okay, because a lot of us discredit ourselves and say, well, if I was a pastor, if I had this or that, then God would use me. Listen to me. God doesn't exclusively look for great people to do great things through. In fact, he probably doesn't look that direction anyway, because most people who think they're great think they don't need God. Amen. But he does them what? Great things through anyone who is willing to trust him in a greater way. And every one of us are able to have a new level of faith and trust in our lives to say, God, I may not know the hows, what's, ifs and whens, but God, I've got faith to trust you and to believe you. And that's what I want to continue the thought with tonight. I want to talk about an interrupted life. I really believe that God wants to interrupt your life. What do I mean by that? I, I just think we, every one of our lives need to be totally invaded by God. And the Bible says God so loved the world that he sent his only son. What did he do? He invaded this world. His world collided with our world. And as a result, our world has never been the same again. God doesn't just want to collide this world. He wants to collide with your life. He wants to invade. He wants to interrupt your life and mess up your life as normal. We preached a whole series on weird because normal doesn't work. And can I tell you, normal still doesn't work. And it's time to be weird for God. And when we talk about just mundane living, a baseline life, I'm telling you right now, I truly believe that baseline living is not okay, not for believers of Jesus Christ. It's not okay. There's a price that we're going to pay for that complacency and it's a price that we can't afford to pay. Why? Because complacency, just making it through, just plodding along. You know what? It's going to affect you. It affects your heart. Guess what? It causes your dreams to die. And perhaps many of you, your dreams have already died. But here's the facts. Listen to this. We are so much better than what we have become. Because God is so much greater than we're allowing Him to be through us. Come on, we've got to realize that we're so much better than what we have become. And why is that? Because of pride, because of self, because of everything that's not God that we've allowed to live in our lives. And that's why we want to be less so God can be greater. God wants to interrupt our mundane, everyday living. And until God interrupts and invades our lives, John 14 verse 12 is never going to happen. You know what John 14, 12 is? We read this on Sunday. What does he say? Most assuredly, I say unto you. This is Jesus speaking. What does he say? He who believes in me. Wasn't that what we talked about? That greater things are done through those who trust him more? God says, he who believes in me has faith in me and the works that I do. He or she will also do and greater works than these will you do because I go to my Father. That's both awesome and available to every one of you. Come on, that is awesome right there because God says that He can be greater and greater through our lives and the things that He did were awesome and incredible but God still wants to do great things through your life. Tonight I'm going to just define a couple of things because... I think some things need to be understood by us so we see greater take place in our lives. Because listen to me, this whole series is not about greatness, it's about greater. It's about him being the emphasis, it's about him being greater. It's not about us being greater in the greatness aspect. We will be greater and we will be better but how? As he becomes greater in our lives. So let me define some thoughts or some words that we're going to be using throughout this series. We've used the word baseline living or good enough living a lot. Let me define what I mean by that. Baseline living is a life marked by mediocrity. At times it's stuck in a survival mode and it's driven By complacency. Let me say that one more time. Baseline living is a life marked by mediocrity, at times stuck in a survival mode, and driven by complacency. That's good enough. And that definition, unfortunately, defines most Christians today. And perhaps you and I included in that at times. That baseline living. It's hard for us to admit that sometimes. But you know what? We've got to be honest so God can deal with us. Come on, we've got to come clean so God can deal with us. And I want God to take away all the mundane, just the religious things, the ceremonial things that perhaps I go through in my life. I want that all to be gone, that new meaning comes back into my relationship with God. I don't want to be a baseline Christian. The next definition is greatness. And I've put in parentheses after this, Fool's gold. Fool's gold. Greatness is a vague, unrealistic life that holds aspirations of being better and more successful. Greatness speaks of a bigger and a better you that real life tends to cancel out. Because few ever succeed in it. In other words, greatness is like tomorrow that will never come. We had a story once or an illustration that this nice steakhouse had on the wall a sign that said free steaks tomorrow. But guess what? Tomorrow the sign still said free steaks tomorrow. How many knows that tomorrow perhaps will never come in our lives? And so many times the greatness that we want, oh, if I could just be the owner of my company, if I could just have this, that greatness that we want. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to further our lives and be better. But what happens is when we don't hit that standard, what takes place many times in our lives is we think we're a failure. We think that God's blessing is not upon our lives. And what do we do? We don't want to be actively involved in a relationship with God because we feel God's cheated us and let us down. Again, there's nothing wrong with greatness. But we've got to watch the way we get to it. We've got to watch our pursuit of that. Steve Furtick in his book, Greatest, says this. He says, good enough leaves you stuck in stagnation. Grasping for greatness leads to endless frustration. But greater is a third way. It's another way. It's another way. And it's God's way for your life. And that's why I want to define greater tonight. Greater, the way that actually works. Greater is the life altering understanding or realization that God is ready to accomplish greatness in your life. Notice the word greatness is in there, but now it's through understanding that God wants to do that in your life, that God has a pathway for that, that He's ready to accomplish the greatness in your life. When God accomplishes the greatness in your life, you're never going to fail. You're never going to miss the mark. You're never going to come up short. So it is what? The life-altering understanding and realization that God is ready to accomplish greatness in your life that is beyond your reach. I like to say it this way. It's ahead of you. You haven't got there yet because it's beyond what you see even in yourself, but exactly what has God has seen in you all Along. If you look at yourself, you can say, I'm not much. Sometimes we can't see it. But greater is that God has seen something in you that you haven't seen. And God wants to bring that to the surface, that through Him being greater, come on, there'll be greatness that will take place in our lives. God has set us up for greatness. But you know how we get there? Through Him being greater in your life. He wants to interrupt your life. And when He interrupts your life, I'm telling you, you will never be the same. I'm not talking about a second conversion experience because when you give your life to Christ, you're saved. You're a new person. The old is gone. And thank God you'll never be more saved than the day you got saved. But I want God to interrupt just that stagnation, just that routine life that I found myself and labeled as Christianity. We began on Sunday to look at Elisha, and we're going to continue to do this this series, and it's going to be a great series, I truly believe. But here's a man, as we discovered on Sunday, he was just doing a routine thing. He was plowing, he was working, he was just following a routine life. He probably never thought in his wildest dreams that he would be the next mouthpiece, that he would be the next prophet, that he would be the one chosen by God. But while he was going through his normal, routine life, God, guess what? God had more for his life. God had more for his life. We're not told in the Word of God whether he asked God. We're not told that he prayed a prayer like Jabez. Oh, I pray that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge. We, don't, we aren't told if Elisha even prayed a prayer like that. So we don't even know if he asked for it. We don't know what he even did to be noticed by God. The Bible doesn't tell us. But one thing we know is this. He was noticed by God. And listen to this. He was called and chosen by God. And every one of us needs to realize tonight and accept the fact that God has called and chosen every one of us for greater things. Every one of us... Every one of us, we're going through the routine of mundane, everyday life and we can think, wow, this is all. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to set you up. He's getting ready to interrupt your life, that your life will never be the same again, that you may still do the same routine things, but you're going to do them with a newfound passion, with a newfound power, that you're going to take on life like never before. Too many of us look and we're afraid of life life because of all the circumstances and the situations. I'm telling you, through God interrupting your life, you're going to wake up every day saying, come on, bring it. Come on, bring it because I'm ready in God. It's not out there somewhere. It's in every one of you right now. Will you allow God to interrupt your life? I really believe as we go through this time of seeking Him through prayer and fasting, it's given God the opportunity To say, God, come and mess with me. Mess with my life. I mean, turn me upside down, inside out. Do whatever you want because, God, I just want to be that chosen called vessel that you can use. You may say, Pastor Philip, how does he call me? How am I going to know if I'm chosen? I can't tell you how. Why? Because the way He chooses and calls every one of us is different because He regards us all as individual beings. We serve a personal God that doesn't just say, well, I'm just going to give this to Hartseys. God says, I'm going to give this to Jonathan. And while I'm giving that to Jonathan, I'm going to give some to Mark. And I'm going to give it to Tamara. And I'm going to give it to Chelsea. And I'm going to give it to everyone. Why? Because God is going to give you specifically what you need. What He has made you to be. And I love that because it shows me how personal God is. And you may say, but pastor, again, how am I going to know? Help me know. I'm going to tell you how you're going to know when God's call and the fact that He's chosen your life is this. You've got to watch for the interruptions in your life. Why? Watch for those things. What are those things right now that you're feeling challenged about in your life? Come on, what is the areas of your life that you can just recognize and say, Man, there needs to be some changes made here. What has God been showing you and telling you? What is the stuff that is knocking your life off rhythm? Rhythm. That's the interruptions we're talking about. That God says, I'm ready to act on those things. I'm ready to do those things. I'm ready to bring about those changes in your life. Tonight, most of you perhaps know those things. And you're praying for them. And you're believing that through this time of fasting, greater 330, that you're going to see them. Some of you may say, I don't really understand. I don't really see clearly. And I don't know what God is still wanting to do. But you know what? If you don't see it, just say, I still need it. Just cry out to it from God because God is able to give it to you. God is ready to put His mantle upon your life. Like what happened to Elisha. And here's the secret, and we're going to break in a couple of seconds. Here's the secret don't get caught up in all the hows, the whys, and the whens. Just be ready to respond in faith when he does. Just be ready in faith to respond. You and I must choose to accept the call to a greater life that God has for us. What He has called us to. Did you hear that? You and I must choose to accept. We want God to interrupt our lives. Well, what way? Just those things He's been dealing. Just let Him deal with your life. Let Him change your life. Accept that. And when He comes by and He does a work, be like Elisha. And do what? Get ready to run. Because when that mantle was put upon Elisha, He ran after the prophet Elijah. He didn't know what He was running to. He didn't know really what He was running from. But His Life would never be the same. That's a step of faith. Come on, that's a step of faith. To have what you've never had requires faith. To get where you've never gone requires faith. A greater trust, a greater understanding that God wants to take you into greater places than you have ever been before. You see, if we don't choose to accept that, then we're going to spend the rest of our lives plowing in a field. And that's not necessarily a bad life, but it's a life that we'll never know greater. I don't want to die, or I don't want to be on my deathbed years from now saying, if only I had. What if I had really surrendered that area to God? I wonder what would have happened if I had the courage to really step up when God told me what I needed to do. Come on, we've got to respond to that interruption today. We've got to be ready to run. And that speaks of having faith, having faith in God. Come on, how many is ready to have a greater faith than you've ever had before? A greater trust in God, that God can take you to places you've never been, but He's there. God can do things in your life that you've never seen possible, but they're available. Why? Because notice, greater equals greatness, but greatness does not equal greater. Come on, if we're just going after those things and think we can accomplish them on our own, God says, go for it. And look what the screwed up mess you already made. But God says, if you want to see greatness, the way to it is through Him. Through Him being greater in your life. Amen?